So tonight, we are going to get into Elijah, part 5. Now, in Elijah, part 5, we're in uh, 1 Kings 21, which is right next to one of my most favorite chapters in all of the Bible, 1 Kings 22. We're going to stay in 1 Kings 21 tonight. Um, and in this, Elijah plays a very small part. He's a bit player. He comes in at the end. So we're going to go to 1 Kings 21.1, and that's where we're going to stay for the remainder of the time. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. That's important. That comes up later. And Ahab spoke unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth says to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Ahab lives in Samaria in the palace. He is the king of Israel. Um, and he wants the vineyard of Naboth. Naboth, he wants the vineyard he already has. He doesn't want another one. He wants the one he has. So they're at an impasse. Now Ahab wants the vineyard for a garden of herbs. A vegetable garden is what he says he wants it for. Not for the wine that's growing in the vineyard right next to his house. No, not at all. He wants it for a vegetable garden, for an herb garden, so he can go out and be healthy eating. I find that a little inauspicious and not quite fully truthful. So why didn't Naboth just sell it to the king at a reasonable price? Maybe you know, raise the market value up a little bit and make the killing off of it. Why didn't he do that knowing Ahab wanted it? Because the land was an inheritance of his fathers. He believed God gave that land to his family when they settled in the promised land. When God divided up the land amongst the 12 tribes and the 12 tribes among amongst the people, Naboth believed that this land was given to him by God to his forefathers, and God has said that the land that they were given during that time, was not to be alienated from them, meaning it was not to be leased, it was not to be rented, it was not to be given away. It was their land, their inheritance, they were to cherish it, to remember what God had done for them. It was only to be given away, rented, leased, or whatever, what have you, in emergency circumstances, dire circumstances, and Ahab's herb garden was not a dire emergency. And in seven years, that land would revert back to him, despite the lease or anything else, so God said, don't do it. Naboth said, I'm not doing it. Because God said, don't do it. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. Why should he? And he, Ahab, laid him down upon his bed turned away his face, and would eat no bread. Paraphrase here. Ahab went home and pouted like a three-year-old because Naboth didn't give him what he wanted. Pouted like a three-year-old. Went home, threw himself in the bed, wouldn't eat. He's discouraged. It's like a, uh, this man has never been told no. <laughs> but Jezebel, his wife, came to him 
and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? Jezebel comes in and says, Ahab, what's wrong? You're my husband. Tell me what's wrong. Let's talk. Let's communicate. And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy, uh, thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, Naboth answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. He told her the truth. He didn't lie. He said, Naboth didn't give me what I wanted. Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Aren't you the king? Arise, eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Naboth told Ahab no based on the word of God, based on the law of God, and based on the inheritance of his fathers. But Jezebel's going to get it for him? His wicked wife comes in and says, Dear, what's wrong? Why are you not eating, you poor little thing, you? Ahab says, because I didn't get my way. I didn't get what I wanted. Jezebel says, are you not the king? You should get whatever your spoiled little heart desires. Ahab, you're the king. That's exactly the conversation that went on. The King James just makes it sound much more uh, endearing, poetic, and deep. No. Spoiled little child gets spoiled even more by his wicked, wicked wife. 1 Kings 21, 8. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city, the city of Jezreel, dwelling with Naboth. Sent letters into the city of Jezreel to elders and nobles that were in that city. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast, set Naboth high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belial, liars, to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, the men of Jezreel, even the elders and the nobles who were in the inhabitants of, in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. This is like a plot right out of Shakespeare. Jezebel thinks, uh, sets things in motions that, meant, that might get Ahab the land he wants for his tomatoes. I pray to God that if I was ever to get a letter from anyone saying, hey, let's have a plot against this guy so we can steal this land, I pray to God I would stand and say no. But the elders... And the nobles in this city did not. They proclaimed a fast. They set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him. You must have two or three to witness against somebody before stoning him. Two or three, not one. Two or three witnesses. So they sent two liars to witness even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that 
Jezebel is so wicked. Jezebel is so vicious. Jezebel is so violent that the men in the city, the nobles and the elders, quake at the thought of defying her. Even the mighty man of God, Elijah, ran from Jezebel. That's how wicked and evil she is. She sent a letter, a letter to the men of the city and the nobles. That means men of rank and men of power, men of authority. She sent them letters. They did not stand against her. They did exactly as she asked. They framed Naboth and they killed him because they were afraid of this woman. Now, she sent him out in the name of Ahab. She did. No matter whose name it was in, they should have said, no, this isn't right. They didn't. And it came to pass, when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. Naboth paid in blood for Ahab and Jezebel's lust, greed, whatever you want. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. He's on his way up. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. Jezebel's a wicked woman, but she got her husband what he wanted. It shows me that these two were ruled by their impulses. They were ruled by their lusts. They had no understanding of consequences. They were spoiled children. They have never been told no. They've always gotten what they wanted. Now, when I was writing this, I almost wrote, yet here is where the hero enters the story. I almost wrote that. I didn't. I said, here is where Elijah enters into the account. God comes to Elijah, says Ahab is about to take possession of this vineyard. You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to go and speak to him. 1 Kings 21, 19. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick Thy blood, even thine. That's a proclamation. Now, I want you to remember, when Elijah, when there was a drought in the land, and Elijah went to Ahab, and Ahab comes up to him, and he says, are you the one who troubleth Israel? Remember that? Ahab didn't take responsibility for his actions then. And here, here, Ahab again says to Elijah, 1 Kings 21, 20. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Where Naboth died, so too shall you, Ahab. Ahab has been a wicked king, solely given over to what makes him happy, regardless of who dies or who suffers.
Yet, when Elijah shows up, he asks Elijah, Have you found me, O oh, mine enemy? <laughs> First of all, he's a king. He's in a place right next to his palace. Not really all that hard to find, okay? Second, Ahab is the enemy of Elijah and God for his wickedness, not for what they have done. He is the enemy of Elijah because Ahab stands against God. Ahab stands for idols and idolatry. That's why he is the enemy of God, not Elijah. Elijah is not Ahab's enemy. He is a prophet of God. But Ahab, being called out for his sin, feels Elijah is his enemy. It's kind of like the world today. You tell them their sin and you tell them what they're doing is wrong according to the word of God. And you're the bad guy for it. Elijah's the bad guy for it, according to Ahab. 1 Kings 21, 21, he continues, Elijah continues talking about what God wants to say to Ahab. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and will take away thy posterity. That means his name from history, his, his line, his lineage. Take away his posterity. And will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. All of the males in the line of Ahab, he's going to take away. And will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. For the provocation wherewith thou hast provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. Now, when God first came to Elijah and said, go speak to Ahab, he said, Ahab has provoked me more than anyone in the history of Israel. Jehoshaphat, I'm sorry, Jeroboam and Basha are to be wiped off the face of the earth. But Ahab, in God's eyes, was more wicked than both of them. Ahab's a wicked man. 1 Kings 21, 23. And of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. What city are they in right now? They are in Jezreel. God is pronouncing judgment on Ahab, and it is not a pretty one. All of Ahab's seed will be wiped out. God also made a point of telling Ahab of the fate of his wicked, wicked wife. For she too is going to die right there in Jezreel, where they live. She's going to die against the wall of the very city he governs, the very land, nation he governs. And the dogs, the dogs of the city will eat his wife, the queen. Now, most of us want to think that as figurative. It's not. That's entirely the dogs eat Jezebel, and there is nothing left of her. Quite the ignominious end for a woman who was so very wicked, but a queen nonetheless. 1 Kings 21-24 Him that dieth of Ahab in the city, the dogs shall eat. Him that dieth in the field, shall the, fares, the, the fowls of the air eat. Nobody in the line of Ahab will ever, ever have anything good ever again. Never. Never. 1 
1 Kings 21, 25. And this is Elijah still talking the word of God unto Ahab. He is still talking to Ahab. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. And he did very abominably. Not just abominably. Not just badly. He did very abominably in following idols according to all things as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes, put sackcloth upon his flesh, fasted and lay in sackcloth, and went softly. The first time in his life that someone tells Ahab, no. This is the first time in someone's life that someone holds him accountable for all he did. And it reaches him into the very depths of his heart. Ahab hears that he has more, that he has done more than any other to work wickedness. And that he and his wife Jezebel are in terrible trouble from the vengeance of God. He is being accused of being he is being accused of being as the Amorites. They were wiped off the face of the earth. They were run out of the land of Canaan because they were evil, they were wicked, and God wanted his children to have the land rather than those wicked people. That's how wicked Ahab was. Ahab heard the word of God that Elijah the Tishbite brought to him, and he received it. He went home, rent his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes. Now that's interesting. Somebody this wicked, somebody this vile, somebody this called out by God because of their wickedness received the word of God when he was told of the judgment. Now this goes into something else I'm working on for next week. When Ahab heard of his sin, when Ahab heard of the consequences of his sin, when Ahab heard of the coming judgment, Ahab repented. How will they know unless they hear of the coming judgment? How will they know unless they hear of their sin? Out there right now, they're living like they like they think is right. They don't know what sin is in a natural state. Elijah told Ahab how wicked he was, straight from the mouth of God. 1 Kings 21, 28. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Ahab repented of his sin for the moment. He remembers God at Mount Carmel, just a chapter over. He remembers the proclamation of Elijah that there would be no rain for three years. He remembers, and he remembers what he saw, and he hears the proclamation of God that his line is going to be wiped out, his wife is going to be killed and ate by the dogs. He hears this, and he repents himself. He is remorseful, and he is humble. But I 
gotta add for now. Ahab finally had someone tell him no. Ahab finally had someone hold him accountable for his deeds, for his sin, for his wickedness, for his self-indulgence, for his lust, for his idolatry. Somebody finally tells him, Ahab, you and your wife are wicked. Finally, he understands what that means. And he repents. How will they know of their sin if we don't tell them what sin is? Ahab repents. Yet in three years' time, in chapter 22 of Kings, we shall return to Ahab, not us, the Bible, and see he didn't change his ways. He has reverted to himself and his selfish, uh, his selfish, self-centered ways for three years. Too often, though, we too do the same. Things happen, we repent, but in due time we see no lasting consequence for our action, and we turn, we return right back to what we were doing and how we were living. Ahab and Jezebel were wicked. They killed a man for a vineyard. For a vineyard, this man lost his life. Ahab and Jezebel were called out. Judgment was pronounced by God. And finally, Ahab starts to understand how wicked and vile he is. We need to learn from the examples given in the Bible. Nathan went to David and he said, You are the man told David of his sin. Elijah told Ahab of his sin. Something nobody else had done, apparently. And Ahab, when he hears of his sin, when he hears of the judgment because of his sin, he turns for the moment. How is this world out there now going to turn and repent if they don't know what they're doing in sin? If you sit there and celebrate it, how will they know it's sin? You've got to tell them. All right, we are done with Ahab for now, but we are not done with Elijah. The next time we see Elijah, he is reproving the son of Ahab, like father, like son. And the son needs to know what he's doing to say. Ahab was told he was wrong, repented, changed his ways a little bit. Till next time, we will be in 2 Kings.